the fuss and tell me what's happening. This is Pyromaniac Mo coming at you with Stag Party for another episode of Pyro Light. This is actually episode number 10. Today is Friday, September 18th, and we are in the midst of week two. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Pyromaniac Mo, P-Y-R-O-M-A-N-I-A-C-M-O, and you can follow the regular boys at Pyromaniac, that's P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one, A-C. Staggs, it's been a while. How are you on that side of Chicago? Oh, not bad. You hear the sirens. I mean, I guess stuff's going down here in the city. The big scary world over there. Hey, you've uh, had some success with uh, fantasy, or some near success, I should say. Oh, I had some success. Just not daily fantasy. Just not the, the end success I was looking for. I was thinking about, like, getting real close. You know, I finished 800 uh, out of, like, 168,000 in the, like, $5 million Sunday on FanDuel. And I, it was so much closer with Julio, with Matt Bryant, uh, and with Bradford out there chucking the touchdown that wasn't beat to Jordan Matthews and then losing a couple points on that late interception. You know, it kind of knocked me down a couple spots. But uh, I was up there, and I saw some, some quadruple digits in my winnings. And I uh, got a little excited. Yeah. So if we were to bring the camera crew to your house and you hit the big one, what would we see? Unfortunately, at the time, it was probably me, like, in my bedroom and, like, in my skivvies, you know? And it was just, like, chilling, watching the games, you know, know, laptop there, just kind of checking in on a couple things. You know, answering second opinions for Pyro Pro, you know, just working on next week's write-ups for players. And then suddenly I probably would have just thrown my laptop up and, you know, quit everything I've ever known and <laughs> become the Dan Blazeri, you know, fancy football for a half year before going broke. Well, if that happens for that half year, I can carry your bags and, you know, open your drinks and stuff for you. <laughs> that, I don't charge. I don't charge that much. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, I've got an offer for you folks. Fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. 
Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments. Play whenever you want. Just pick your sport, draft your team. It's like a new season every time you play, so you're never stuck with the same players. Over $1 billion will be won at DraftKings.com this year, and you could be the next big winner. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter the code PYRO, P-Y-R-O, and you can play for free. That's on DraftKings.com. Enter the promo code PYRO, P-Y-R-O. Hey, man, let's jump into what we expect in week two. We got some Huey Lewis news in the notes. Um, tell me about McCoy. McCoy is a up-and-down sort of guy this week. Basically, he left practice yesterday with his bum hammy, bumming him out some more. And there was a rush to the waiver wire to pick up Carlos Williams. If you did so, good for you. He also had a week, good week one uh, behind McCoy you know, with that one big touchdown run he had. Uh, but basically, it looks like McCoy was back at practice now, and they hope he's going to play. Uh, but they gave him the questionable tag. So you're going to have to, you know, monitor the situation on Sunday, see what his status is. And if he doesn't play, Carlos Williams is going to be a pretty good option for you against that indie, you know, defense that... Oh, wrong team. Not Indy. <laughs> Are you drinking mimosas over there? Yeah, it's been, it's, been, it's been a long, long morning and lots of doses and mimosas. And I, I can't tell you more. <laughs> That's my kind of party. Uh, apparently it is, but, uh, so, you know, they're, they should have a nice game against New England, uh, you know, just their ability to run the ball, and you saw how D'Angelo was able to run the ball, uh, up, up and down against the field on Thursday night, so whoever ends up in that starting lineup is a guy you should definitely consider for your fantasy lineup. Another Huey Lewis news in the notes, McCown has still not worked his way through concussion protocol. So the Browns did announce Johnny Manziel is going to start week two. Now in week one, he completed 13 of 24 for 182 yards, uh, one passing TD and one INT. He led the team with 35 yards rushing, and that came from five attempts. So you never know if you're in one of those leagues uh, that awards, you know, more rushing points as most do you know, Manziel might not be a bad stream, but uh, he's probably better than McCown, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it can't be any worse. At least when he dives into the air for a helicopter, <laughs> he might actually make it. That was one of the ugliest things I've ever seen in football. Was not Elway-esque. Oh, no. It was like they made that movie The Replacements, and then they made the spoof of The Replacements, and I imagine that's how the quarterback died in that movie. What about uh, Indy? What have you heard? There was a big rash rush to pick up uh, Moncrief. What's going on in Indy? Well, Moncrief is looking like a standalone player because even with T.Y. Hilton, you know, in the lineup for most of the last week, he got eight targets, and you know, you could say that's because Andre Johnson looked slow, old. Yeah, sort of didn't have the connection that I thought they'd have. Didn't, didn't really have any juice in there, so Moncrief might even be a standalone guy. Uh, but the word is, T.Y. Hilton's going to be a game-time decision. When they originally announced it, it was like one to three week, week to week type injury uh, that, that could hold him out there. So I'm a little bit concerned. If, unless I have T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief at the, same t at the same game slot, and I could slot one in the lineup and sit the other, 
Uh, I think I'm going to have to look for a guy to play on Sunday. Uh, I mean, maybe if you're a Hilton owner, you could try and pick up a Philip Dorsett as a direct backup. But I, I usually don't like waiting till Monday and being forced a decision upon me. I'd rather plan ahead than uh, fall too far, far behind there. Right, exactly. Uh, going over to Green Bay, as if Eddie Lacy did not have a tough enough matchup already going up against Seattle a team that he only averaged 2.83 yards per carry against in their last meeting. Now offensive tackle Brian Balaga has been ruled out for week two with his knee, so it's going to be a tough one for Eddie Lacy. No doubt. Uh, what, 12 for 43 or something against Seattle? He's not a guy I'm looking forward to. But, you know, you spent the high draft pick on him. It's hard to take him out. Yeah, you don't want to get too cute, you know, and a lot of people were overreacting week one, asking some crazy questions, but just temper your expectations with the strong Seattle D, especially without Balaga. Um, give me some good news. I've got him in some leagues. Give me some good news on uh, Arian. Arian got in some practice sesh time the last couple of days here. They did go ahead, and today they ruled him out officially for Sunday, so he's not going to be any help to you in week two, but he is getting closer to the field and there's a lot of pundits out there saying that if he's not in the field or on the field in week three, they are going to be, you know, floored and surprised because that means there was a big setback. I love it. I took him um, in my high school league kind of expecting eh, week five, six, you know, somewhere around there. And heck, week three, four, that's fantastic. I'll take that any day. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, bit of a disappointment. Again, folks, slow your roll, but uh, he was on the field for 80% of the team snaps in week one. And now it's being reported from Jeff McLean, he's a local Philly beat guy, um, that he expects more of a balanced attack in week two, that week one, the 80% snaps was more of a result of the, the Chip Kelly gameplay. And he predicts Aggie snaps are going to be more like 60 to 70%. Um, I, I still like Aggie on the year but uh, hopefully we can develop some chemistry with, with Bradford. I mean, I think it's going to depend more on play-action passing anyways. I think his game's more coming yeah. off that little slant route and you know making the safety miss and taking it to the house. So going to a more balanced approach isn't necessarily going to hurt him. Good point. And it, it, there should be lots of points to be had um, in their Week 2 game. We're always talking about this fellow, but what about Jordan Reed? Oh, you know, right after you picked him up off the waiver wire, he pretty much decided that since he was owned in fantasy leagues, he needed a questionable tag to be attached to his name. Uh, you know, he's got a sore quad, uh, and I just think he's, you know, the constantly injured that you want on your team because he's got a little bit of upside, and then he just kicks you right in the balls. Yeah, we need like the Jordan Reed Award or the Jordan Reed Player of the Week. Uh, it's just too often, too many times with that guy. Um, Motown, I am Mo from Motown, and Brandon Pettigrew. He didn't practice all week. Now, uh, clearly, this does not bode well for his week two chances. Uh, he only played 21 snaps in week one. Now, the Lions do have Tim Wright as their number three, but without Pettigrew, 
Ebron will likely fill the void, thus increasing his playing time. He was on the field for 30 snaps. Tim Wright didn't see a one. So if Pettigrew is out, Ebron might be able to continue his rise in his sophomore year. Uh, give me some double J news, Julio. Julio. Uh, Julio's, you know, doing a Julio type thing, sitting out practice all week. He doesn't need to practice because he's the baddest man on the planet. He's got a little bit of a sore hammy. They gave him the questionable tag, but I haven't read anywhere that he's anything to worry about. He needs to be in your lineup. And if they continue to move him around the formation like they have, there's absolutely nothing to worry about when it comes to Julio. OB, that is Mr. O'Brien down in Houston, has confirmed that Ryan Mallett will indeed be the starter for week two. Uh, personally, I think this is good for fantasy and even better for Hopkins owners. Although Mallett didn't enter the game until there was a little over six minutes left in the fourth quarter in week one, his first five targets, boom, all of them went to the nuke. And he ended up, eight of his 13 targets went to Hopkins. So I think Mallett's the right choice there. I mean, definitely he's got the bigger arm and he knows how to force feed a player it looks like, and as yeah. a big DeAndre Hopkins shareholder, thank you. <laughs> right, it's good news for him. Now, Mallet may not have the locker room respect maybe that Hoyer does, but we're not playing locker room fantasy. We're playing fantasy football on the field, and I think he's going to get it done far more than Hoyer could um, with the talent that Hopkins has. What about uh, New Orleans with uh, C.J.? D.J. Spiller is supposed to be back, and as Ingram caught, what, eight or nine passes last week, as Kiri Robinson caught five, as they targeted the uh, running back position 15 times last weekend, you just got to think, like, oh, welcome back, C.J. Here's eight catches for you as soon as you're healthy, and you got to find a way to get him in your lineup. Uh, I do think that they might run away with this game, unfortunately, and that might leave Spiller on the sideline more than you'd like as an owner. And that's really my only concern. But I just think he's going to get fed with targets as soon as this guy's healthy. Yeah, it's a New Orleans staple. I think like the last three years in a row, they've had the most targets to uh, running backs. Even like the the year they didn't, they were number two. Uh, they just love to pepper their backs out of the backfield. Um, last one, we've got the Cowboys. They did not place Dez. Did not place Dez on the short-term IR. Now, if they would have done so, that would have opened a roster spot. So why not do it? Well, if they did, that means they've lost him for a minimum eight weeks, I believe. So perhaps this, perhaps this is a good sign um, that he, that maybe they feel he could be back before then. Everything I hear is a six-week minimum for this injury, and I've certainly heard more than that. But it might be a spark of hope that they didn't place him on IR for you, Dez owners. Yeah, and Dez is one of those interesting guys because now he's getting floated in a, in a lot of trade rumors. And it's mm-hmm. like, he's enticing enough that you're like, ooh, I could get Dez back. And ooh, I've already got Julio. So in the playoffs, it's like, oh, that's enticing. So I think I got a Dez offer the other day of. Dez and Frank Gore for my Jeremy Hill. And I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I don't think I'm going to do it just because I didn't like the way Gore looked. If he looked, you know, a little better in week one, 
I might have considered it strongly, but I think I'm going to have to pass at this time. I need to see something from Frankie the Tanky and his legs. Hey, that right there is a pyro promo, guys. If you've got Dez and you want some questions answered, join Pyro Pro. And you've got the second opinions. You've got direct access to the mind share. We, you can float us your uh, trade offers. Let us know what you're thinking, and we will get right back to you on the second opinions. And that's for the Pyro Pro owners. Looking at some practice reports, uh, Arizona Floyd, he was full go Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Iapati, though, he's still limited in practice. It'll be nice when um, he strengthens up their line. Uh, Atlanta, we've got Julio, as we said, did not practice, but, you know, he's got the pro contract. Uh, Jake Matthews, he was limited Wednesday, but went full on Thursday, so heading in the right direction. Baltimore for set, limited Wednesday, went full on Thursday, right direction. Talia Farrell looks like he might be back. He went full both Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday. Buffalo, McCoy, limited Thursday. Uh, Harvin, he didn't practice at all, and he went full Thursday, so that's good. Carolina, John Stewart, Jay Stew, as he's known to some. Uh, although you saw him on the uh, no practice earlier, he was full go Thursday, so you're not worried there. Cleveland, Bo and Manziel were limited, but I'm certainly thinking they're both going to go. Now, McCown, we talked about concussion. He did not practice. Um, Ronald Leary did not practice Wednesday, Thursday, and that's on Dallas's offensive line. He's the guard there. Uh, that's a bit concerning. Romo, but he's got the pro contract. He didn't practice Wednesday. He was full go Thursday, so don't worry about that. Hello, Dinata, you Detroit fans. I know I'm, you know I'm going to get him in there. Um, he did not practice Wednesday and was just limited Thursday. Uh, Stafford, he was full go Thursday. Tate, concerning a little bit. He uh, was did not practice at all Wednesday, and he was limited on Thursday. So Tate owners, I, I'm keeping an eye on that one. Larry Warford, I'm hoping he gets back. He's going to help out the offensive line. He was limited both Wednesday, Thursday. As I said, Balaga's out in Green Bay. Cobb was limited Wednesday, Thursday, but, you know, he's going to go. Um, Jacksonville, Julius Thomas. Now, he's been trying to get back into practice. He's been going limited, but Coach Bradley hinted that he could miss more than four weeks. So if you drafted him, lots of tight ends on the waivers you can hit. Marquise Lee was limited both Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, the Giants, Flowers, he was a full go on Thursday, so you're feeling better there. They're uh, all-star rookie uh, offensive lineman. Cruz is still not practicing at all on this week. Daniel Fells, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later, he did not practice at all on Wednesday, Thursday. Oakland, Carr, he looks like a full go. Uh, beat writers noted that he was throwing with strength. He had some zip on the ball. All signs are pointing him to being active for week two. That'd be a first. He does he, some zip, some zip on the ball. Yeah, it doesn't look like he drives the ball down the field very much. So, uh, well, let, let, let's start seeing that you know in game time. The, the four yard dump offs don't uh, necessarily do it for me all that much. So that's what uh, that's what you got to look forward to, I guess. Uh, there, you know, there's just guys all over the uh, NFL a little bit banged up already, and it's week one. 
Uh, it doesn't seem like there's too many major, major injuries to worry about for a long point of time. And then you've got, you know, Mike Evans returning to practice, which is great. So he should be back here uh, this week. And if so, going against that Saints sort of backfield, he's he's sort of looking like a real good start. St. Louis, uh, Gurley Mason, they were both full go Thursday. 49ers, of course, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, they only had a walkthrough practice Wednesday, but Bush, nowhere to be seen. Uh, Lynch, if you caught the fact he was out Wednesday, that was coach's decision, nothing to worry about. He practiced Thursday. And uh, that wraps up our brief look at the practice report. Certainly, always uh, keep it tuned to Pyro. We'll uh, let you know over the weekend via Twitter, Facebook, and if you join the Pyro Pro, you will have first-hand accounts. Hey, let's do a little bit of flex appeal. Uh, I personally, you know my love for Vincent Jackson. Now, Evans, he's a question mark, but even if he comes back, I, I like the matchup. With New Orleans, now, this game could get out of hand, which would certainly mean they're going to be needing to throw Tampa. Um, New Orleans, they are going to be missing both Jarius Bird and Raphael Bush. They're their two safeties. So deep over the middle, downfield, I think Vincent Jackson, he could be a flex guy. And when I was choosing my flex guys, I was looking at dogs ranking and I looked beyond 26. You know, I was trying to look a little bit deeper. Uh, Vincent Jackson was a guy that stuck out to me just because I know they're going to need to pass. Although I don't have much hope after seeing the quarterback performance last week, but they're going to be in a position where they're going to have to pass and the situation where both safeties are out uh, for New Orleans. So Vincent Jackson's one to keep your mind on. With Vincent Jackson, he, might, if you look at the splits, it might look like he did damage against New Orleans last season, but there, there's sort of a big reason for that. The one one game Mike Evans missed last year was Week Five against New Orleans. Uh, Vincent Jackson was the only you know certifiable wide receiver on the field that week, and he racked up like ten catches for 144 yards. Uh, in the game, in the game later in the season when uh, Mike Evans was back in the lineup. He did a whole lot of nothing. So let's see maybe if it skews one way or the other. Uh, he's got some upside. He's got some downside. And that's why he's ranked outside of the top 20, 24, you know? Right, right. And that's that's exactly what you're looking at with the flex. A guy, you know, beyond 26, between 26, 36, right around there. How about uh, some PPR brownie? You know, I just don't know about this dude. Let me, in, but let me get back to you in a second. But did you see freaking Richard Green last week? If you didn't know, folks, this is a guy that plays for Jacksonville. But the dude had 13 targets. Yeah. Not too shabby. Yeah, his average depth of target was like <laughs> right at the center position, um, yeah. which apparently isn't that good. He he made he went out there and made Jarvis Landry look like he had a he was a downfield threat. Exactly, <laughs> seven thirteen targets, seven catches, twenty seven yards. He got that tutty Ooh. though. He got that tutty though. He did cross the end zone, so maybe a little PPR prowess there. Anyone else come to mind for a, a flex appeal guy for you? Uh, a flex appeal guy for me at the wide receiver position. Uh, sort of had a nice game last weekend, and Eric Decker. It also yeah. looks to have the much weaker corner. It looks like Vontae Davis is going to be on Brandon Marshall. 
Uh, and that's just a great, great matchup for Eric Decker getting to beat up on Toller. Uh, you know, he just does it as the number two, and it's great for him. Vontae Davis is one of the premier shutdown corners in the league, and I, I don't want to play a receiver against him. Uh, so I would play Decker over Brandon Marshall in a heartbeat. Yeah, and he might see some uh, Darius Butler, too. And uh, I, I, I like Decker. I like Decker in that situation. We've got uh, a, a little bit of a different approach here. So we've got some streamers of the week. And Staggs, he's going to talk about, i got a few tight ends I can throw at you, but... Stags, tell me about your streamers maybe last week and who you're looking at for week two as a possible guy you can stream or possible position you can stream. So I'm pretty open to streaming all the the onesies. Um, any position where you have just one player starting in a, a position. So, uh, you know, I put together last week, we didn't do this podcast. We ended up putting off the heavy, but I, I wrote those down last week as my streamers. Uh, ha- I had a pretty good week. Can't complain. I've got a couple different guys in there. We've got Carson Palmer, uh, who, just against that Saints defense, uh, had to get him in there. Ladarius Green, who a guy I'm much higher on than much of the other Pyros here, including Mo, who I had to uh, text and gloat uh, a little bit last week with yeah, so- Ladarius Green greater than sign Eddie Royal. Just to bring everyone up to speed, when we were drafting a few weeks before the season, it was the last round of our of our uh, mock draft. I wanted to take uh, Eddie Royal, and, and you were going with Ladarius Green. So congratulations. You won 116th of the season. Oh. And not only did I get a text, I got called out on the pyro heavy, and here we are talking about it again. Oh, you're not, you're, you're not going to live it down. You, uh, you won one sixteenth of the season. You are awesome, sir. I am getting some skywriting going on this side of Lake Michigan for you. Uh, we're celebrating. Bert, doves are flying for you. It's a giant celebration. The only thing was I didn't want a guy for all 16 weeks because we drafted Zach Ertz as our starting tight end, and at the time he was a major, major question mark for week one. So I wanted to take a guy who we didn't have to go out later and pick up off the waiver wire and end up dropping Eddie Royal anyways. I'd rather draft a guy like that than have to chase a guy on the waiver wire. Well, and speaking of tight ends, that was the one thing I looked at. There's a ton of tight ends still available now uh, in, in 50% of leagues, basically. 50% of leagues still available right now, Ertz, ASJ, and Rudolph. I mean, there's just a ton of tight end opportunity. So if your guy, your tight end guy, uh, didn't work out in week one, plenty of fish in that sea. Or if Jordan Reed, the guy you just picked up, is already hurt again. Uh, <laughs> yep. There's still yep. plenty of fish in the sea. And Kyle Rudolph's a guy who didn't get a lot of waiver wire love this week. Because there's some leagues where he's owned in 80%, and then there's some leagues where he's owned in like 20%. And he's just sort of that guy that's hit or miss, but he he, he had a pretty nice game on Monday when everybody else didn't. Yeah, I don't think that was a accurate depiction of what we're going to see from Minnesota this year. I hope not, or else we've all got a <laughs> – we were all wrong. So yeah. then uh, 
talking about my other two positions that I would uh, I was streaming last week. You know, kicker and defense as always. Last week, you know, with the Cincinnati defense. Uh, in my draft, though, I played a lot of Miami or New York Jets in week one because um, those are the defenses I picked up. But if I had to stream one, my streaming option was Cincinnati. Uh, it looked like they got their swagger back a little bit. And then at kicker, you know, nobody cares. But, you know, Josh Brown, I, I'm, I'm just not sure about the Giants' ability to score touchdowns right now. Uh, I don't trust any of their players near the red zone except for maybe ODB. I've never been a believer in Donnell. Uh, don't really believe in Jennings or Andre Williams. Uh, don't think Shane Reen's a touchdown maker. You know, Ruben Randall's, you know, hit or miss. Can't catch a fade pattern to save his goddamn life. So I, I like that New York Jet- Giants kicker. And... Uh, what do you, and speaking of Vereen, I just dropped him. I picked up, uh, Moncrief in our, uh, Pyro Pod League. I was the one that, uh, got the fab bid on that. How much do you have to spend? Uh, I believe you can look that up, sir. But, uh, I spent, I believe, about 31% of the budget. Ooh. And I had someone tweet me this week and ask about, actually, it was a Pyro, uh, player who was kind of unfamiliar with the system. Now, my rule of thumb, if it's a guy that you really want and a guy that you can think can stand alone and you can have him for, in this case, the rest of the season, the next, you know, his next 15 games, 30% is about where I like to go for the top. Uh, if it's a guy that's maybe situational or not quite a home run hitter, I move down to 20%. A guy, if I'm going to be putting him on my bench, but I want him for possible later, then I'm 10%. And then I'm at the 5%. If I'm either just trying to keep someone honest, if I don't really need him, but I got a roster spot and I want to make sure someone's bidding enough, I'll give the 5%, maybe trade them if I get them, or that's just sort of a what the heck kind of flyer. Uh, so I was happy with taking him for 31%, I believe is what I put in for. Uh, I heard my buddy um, Sigmund Bloom say that he would pay 50% on Moncrief, 50% of his waiver wire budget on Moncrief, which is a lot. Now, in Sigmund's defense, I did like his explanation that blow your dollars. There's no sense in ending up with any money at the end of the year, and really it behooves you to get the guys early because there's not as many – home run hitting waiver wire guys out there as you may think. You may not have as many options to pick up a guy that could very well be wide receiver two, wide receiver one, flirting with those numbers for the rest of the season. Depends on, you know, some factors, the Hilton injury and how the chemistry develops with Andre Johnson. But uh, I thought 50 was a little bit rich, but I understood Sigmund's philosophy there. Yeah, no problems here. Uh you know, I'm pretty new to the whole fab system myself, so I, I'm trying to learn as much as I can about it uh, and, you know, take that and, you know, try to get more people involved in it. I think it's a great way to even out the system. Uh, I, I think I had, So much better. I think I had waiver wire 10. Uh, I finished pretty good last week, had no chance of getting anybody, and, you know, I was looking to pick up maybe a streaming option at tight end and so i didn't get the asjs of the world with the rudolph i was looking for that kind of pairing to be able to mix and match uh you know matchups so that's what i was really looking for didn't didn't happen as planned 
But, you know, I always put in that backup one and for the best defense and, you know, picked up that Baltimore D. Uh, so I think that'll play play well this week. You know, if you're new to the FAB, I, the free agent acquisition budget, uh, one, I think the 30-20-10 rule is pretty good. 30% of your budget left on guys that you really want, big difference makers. 20% on guys that you may use here and there, flex guys. 10% on a guy that you may use down the line that you got bench room for. And then you got your 1% to 5%ers, just, you know, kind of what the heck, uh, take a flyer. Um, it, but, man, it is one of my pet peeves. I hate leagues. My high school league is like this where you do the reverse order of points, it makes no sense. Why reward a guy that stunk week one? Why am I being penalized for winning week one? And usually those first couple weeks, that's when the big waiver wire guys are available. So why penalize the guys for doing well and reward the midgets and the flubbers and the guys who don't do well? It's just something that bugs me to no end. Yeah. And we don't do fab. It's like drafting 15 rounds in a snake draft. I, I understand your plight. And whoever set right. up the Pyro Pro League. Right. OC, I know. OC. It's a 15 <laughs> round draft. I'd like to start. I didn't complain too much because I was pick two. So it, obviously it's heavily in my favor. But yeah, you got to have even rounds so everybody has a fair shake. Yep. But uh, yeah. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll digress. Let's, let's, talk hey. about, let's talk about those week two streamers, though. Yeah, who are you liking week two, Stags? Andy Dalton. Ooh. Andy Dalton. Interesting. He, he came out firing last week, and I don't see a reason why he can't do it again. Uh, basically, he, he's owned in, like, 15 to 20% of leagues right now, and I, I can't disagree with the reasons that he's not owned more. But, you know, this week against the Chargers, where I think they're just going to have to throw it, uh, I think the Chargers' defense is vastly underrated. Uh, I think, you know, as the season goes along, they will be close to a borderline top 10 unit. Uh, I think they could stop the run when they focus on that, and I think that's what they're going to do. Uh, I think it's got to be a Dalton to Eifert connection again, though. Uh, the corners on... Uh, San Diego, I have a lot uh, of respect for, but Dalton at home is usually pretty good. He's so good, they are firing up the sirens for him. They love him in Chicago. Yeah, he's light. Uh, he's lighting it on fire already. Well, so you got Dalton at your quarterback. Uh, give me some other guys that you're streaming at the other onesies, as you call it. Go through your list. So who's your tight end that you're looking at? Uh, if I've got to stream a tight end, there's no one really available better. I'm looking at Jared Cook again against Washington. I, I don't really see anybody who's capable of covering him. Uh, Brian Quick's got this mystery you know, injury or... Jeff Fisher hates or whatever it is, he's not getting on the yeah. field in the next couple of weeks here, it seems. Um, so I like Cook. Uh, you know, their ability to stop the run should, you know, hamper Trey Mason or Gurley or whoever ends up in that backfield. My guy, my guy, Benny the Jet. Uh, any of those guys, I don't, I don't think. I think Washington's a great run defense, as they showed last week against Lamar Miller, as they showed a lot last season. I think they'll be able to hamper him there. So I think 
the tight end's going to be the best sort of target in this game. I don't think they let Tavon Austin, you know, return a touchdown and do what he did in the receiving game because he's a jokester. Uh, so if I got to take anybody in that St. Louis, you know, offense, it's going to be Jared Cook. And just while you're on the St. Louis offense just if you want just a name a flyer if you're playing contrarian maybe we're going to get to some daily a little bit later but I'm kind of liking Stedman Bailey I gave the stat earlier in the year that he was one of only four players that was targeted last year more than 10 yards down the down the field and that's targeted more than 10 yards downfield and had greater than 70 percent catch rate um, he didn't do too bad actually last week. He led all St. Louis receivers, I believe. Uh, Jared Cook had 85. Benny Cunningham had 77 yards. And then Stedman Bailey, 58 yards. Um, he is a contrarian play that I'm going to throw out there if you're looking to make a bit of a difference and save yourself some money on daily. But we'll get there. Let's not do the cart before the horse. So what about your last of your onesies? Who, who are you taking for a defense this week? Who looks good to you? Oh, you know, thank you, John Paul Football, for starting. So now I can start the Tennessee Titans defense against you. Uh, <laughs> and I just don't think you're ready to be an NFL quarterback. I think you need time. And I think you'll give up a lot of sacks. Uh, yep. And that's going to help my defense. And I'm pretty sure you're going to throw a pick, buddy. So if I got to start a defense, I'm looking for the Tennessee Titans as a low end sort of waiver wire play. Yeah, I agree with you. I had uh, the name is eluding me, but I just had someone on Twitter ask me the same thing. He was asking about a couple of uh, defenses. Uh, I want to say it was Purvis. Uh, and if not, I appreciate all the the back and forth we've been doing, Mr. Christopher Purvis. But if it's someone else, I'll give you a shout out later. But uh, th- that was my pick for a, a streaming defense of the week for the same reasons you said. Uh, Cleveland does not impress me in the run game. You know, Johnny Manziel is going to make some mistakes. Uh, there's going to be some cough ups, some interceptions, some sacks to be had. Uh, what about uh, a, a kicker? You sticking with your week one, rolling rolling into week two? Sticking with week one, rolling into week two. He's not very highly owned, but I think he's got a chance to get you those double-digit points again. Uh, Josh Brown. Josh Brown. Uh, watch out! Watch yourself! Uh, he should be able to do whatever you know they let him do, and I don't think that they're very good at scoring touchdowns around the red zone unless ODB is scoring multiple. And even if he is, then he'll get the extra points. Listen to that. The Godfather of Fantasy just singing the Godfather of Soul. It happened right here first, ladies and gentlemen. Well, those are Stag's week two streamers. To hit him up again, he had Andy Dalton as the quarterback, Jared Cook tight end, defense, Tennessee, I like that call, and then Josh Brown again as the kicker. I'm looking a little bit longer view. Uh, I'm calling this all the players combined, they melt into a stream. That's right, dead fans. That's a bit of a Stella Blue for you. Uh, I, I'm looking a little further ahead. So now a guy like Tony Romo, you know, he had a choice schedule for weeks two, three, four, but chances are unless you're in an 18 league, eh, he's not available. Even then, chances are slim. So I'm going to discuss guys that will likely be on the waiver wires per chance now, but next week as well. 
So if you've got room, if you've got a deep bench, go out and grab him now because people are going to be trying to stream these guys next week. Now, just looking ahead, Carson Palmer, guys, he's got a rough stretch, three through five. I'm a Carson Palmer owner. He's my only guy. I might be looking to pick up a quarterback this week before others are streaming next week because he's got a rough stretch weeks three through five. Fitzpatrick for the Jets. Uh, he's got the second easiest quarterback schedule week three, and his wide receivers have the first easiest against the Eagles. So I'm liking Fitzpatrick in week three. Bradford, you know, chances are he's gone, but he's got a great stretch coming up. Weeks three through six, he averages uh, a top 10 in our strength of schedule. Um, so chances are he's owned, but he's going to have a nice three through six. Yeah, he's had a great opening schedule to start the season uh, every week. I keep looking at the matchups like, oh, I really want to play Bradford. Oh, I really want to play Bradford. Oh, I really want to play Bradford. But I played it safe last week and played Tony Romo over Mr. Samuel Bradford. So I think if you have a different option, uh, I think we saw enough last week to believe he could be an adequate starter. And Mm -hmm. I think he's going to have another great week here. I think I'm starting him over Antonio Romo this week. Uh, basically, Tony Romo struggles mightily against the Eagles. Uh, he averages like 180 pass yards and less than uh, just over a touchdown a game with like, you know, .75 interceptions a game. He's just someone that they've always seem to have his numbers. So if you're looking at that sort of pairing, a, a Romo and a Bradford, Bradford, could be your guy this week and could be your guy for the next couple weeks here with these great matchups. Yeah, and he's got a a great one this week. I believe um, it is. It's Vegas has it, according to Yahoo. Vegas has it as the highest scoring game of the week at 55 points. Uh, I'm always liking a quarterback that's going to be putting up the points. If Vegas likes it, I like it, and uh, I like Sam Bradford. Um, Philip Rivers, he's got a rough schedule. If you drafted Rivers, I know a lot of you did. One through four is pretty tough going. Um, it's, he's got top ten hardest matchups for that time. So you might be looking for a, you know, a Bradford or a Fitzpatrick. Uh, again, if you're a Palmer owner, next week you're going to be looking for one of those guys. Um, weeks two and three, Colin Kaepernick has top ten easiest matchups. Week two, they've got the Steelers, who gave up the six most fantasy points. Um, to opposing QBs last season. Week three, they got the Cardinals. Only two other NFL teams gave up more rushing yards to opposing QBs last year, and that's certainly up Cappy's alley. So this week and next week, I'm kind of liking Cappy. Now, Jameis Winston, yeah, (laughs) on paper, he's tied for the fifth easiest schedule in uh, in week two. Um, The Saints, uh, last year, of course, they... Gave up the fourth most points to the quarterback position and his wide receivers this week. Uh, top five easiest. They're going to be in a position to throw. He's going to have to do it. Um, Kirk Cousins, Redskins. Weeks three through seven. So not this week, but weeks three through seven, he has a top 11 easiest schedule for quarterbacks during that time. In his wide receivers, weeks four through seven, top 12 easiest schedule for wide receivers during that time. So if you've got the room, look a little bit further ahead, and maybe you want to grab these guys now so you can use them next week before the rest of your league catches on. Tight ends, I did the same thing, looking a little bit further ahead. 
the Browns, you know, probably talking Hausler, although there's Barnage there. Uh, but great tight end schedule for the first three weeks. Lord knows they're available. And Johnny might go to look to the tight end, especially a Hausler. Uh, week two faces the Titans, who were tied for third most TDs to tight ends last year. Uh, the Colts, weeks two, three, four. Tight ends, they've got the fifth, the eighth, and the twelfth easiest schedule. So depending on your league, you might have a Fleener or an Allen out there to choose from. Mercedes Lewis, the Jags, you know, until uh, Orange Julius Thomas returns, the Jags have a very choice weeks three and four schedule for tight ends. And last but not least, I know he's not your favorite, but Larry Donnell, um, he's got the second easiest schedule in week three against Washington. In 2014, only four teams gave up more yards to tight ends, and only three teams gave up more touchdowns to tight ends. Not to mention, Manning in week three will have the third easiest quarterback schedule. Plus, Daniel Fells, who did cut into some of Daniel uh, Donnell's time, he didn't practice Thursday. So if he's out, that really bumps him up for uh, week three. I'm not sure how long um, Fells is going to be out, but I'm, I'm liking Donnell in week three. So that's a little bit of a look ahead while we are looking ahead, Stags, give me the two-week, too-early pickup. Uh, my top guy to pick up early now, who could be a big guy later in the season, is Prashad Perriman. The, yeah. The offense looked atrocious going against Denver last week. Uh, you know, they've got to be able to extend the play down the field and let Flacco use his big arm to stretch the field, because then that gives your boy four sets some room. I know. <laughs> because they certainly need that. Yes, they do. Um, and, you know, just everything that says it looks like he could be back here in early October from his injury, uh, which is a good sign. So you might be able to wait a week or two, but if you start waiting too long, he could be gone. So if you need to pick somebody up now as a wide receiver you want to use later down the line with some big upside, Brashad Perriman is your man with your full two eight speed, yo. I after all, I am wearing some iHeart four set boxers right now. But uh in the Pyro League, I'm hoping on Perriman because I've got him uh waiting to come out and give me some help. And Lord knows if I don't mention this, I'm gonna hear it, but in the Pyro League Yes, Mr. Good-looking Duncan, hats off to you, sir. Uh, he did beat me week one, and I got to tell you, if freaking flipping Greg Olson wouldn't have gotten called for offensive pass interference, that would have won me the week. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, Mo. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. There's always a shoulda, woulda, coulda for every team in the league. Yeah, but did you see it, Greg Olson? Come on! Come on, that wasn't pass interference, and he's been in the league enough. He should get that kind of call. I don't want to lose to Duncan and have to hear about it. Not that I'm bothered. Not that I'm not that I'm bothered at all. Could have fooled me. So my oh um, oh center center my two week two early pickup. Uh, I'm I'm kind of liking some David Johnson owned in just 29 percent of uh, NFL fantasy leagues. Uh, you know, I will say, as an Ellington owner myself, Chris Johnson is probably your short-term play. But in this segment, this is the two-week-too-early segment, 
I would rather take me some David Johnson if I'm looking down with a telescope, if I'm looking down a couple weeks. You know, clearly we saw the potential of David Johnson, of what he could do. Uh, I think particularly in PPR leagues, he's a very attractive play. Uh, this is the NFL. Talent should win out. And he is far more talented now than uh, CJ2K at this stage in his career anyway. I think David Johnson will prove himself in the next couple of weeks, and he's going to be a viable option uh, even when Ellington comes back. I got one more. Um, the other one, and uh, this is a high-powered telescope because I'm looking even further than just two weeks, but I'm going with Mike Davis. So this is for you deeper league guys, maybe you dynasty, deep bench guys. Um, Mike Davis for the 49ers. You know, with the Bush injury, that opens up the door for the next man up. Uh, currently, they've got Jared Hain ahead of Davis. Uh, but this kid, he fumbled his only punt. Uh, I just believe Davis is the superior talent. Uh, I think Carlos Hyde probably just played the best game he's going to play all season. Uh, I'm willing to bet that he takes a step back. Carlos Hyde does this week. And the 49ers are incorporating some elements of the zone blocking scheme. That can take six to eight weeks for the linemen to gel and for everybody to get it. And I think that might be the time frame when Davis can actually step up. He's a little bit further down the line, a couple weeks down the line, but I'm liking some Davis with uh, the situation that's developing there in San Fran. Stags, everybody knows daily is a huge thing these days. And Lord knows you are almost uh, off to Hawaii but uh, give me your daily dose. Who are you liking this week so we can all ride your coattails, buddy? Uh, you know, as everyone, I've got a few guys that are like my flag players that I rotate my lineup in, around. Uh, so these are the guys who are pretty much on all my lineups, and then I'll rotate, um, you know, other guys around them, you know, seeing what's the best fit, uh, playing multiple lineups, and trying to sort of win. But well, one thing I wrote about in you know our daily fantasy piece that'll be going up here shortly, if not uh, by tomorrow, uh, what I try to do is when I'm spending money on a player, I want two times his return in price in fantasy points. So currently, I think Jordan Matthews is listed at seven thousand dollars in, in Fanduel. So I want yeah. 14 fantasy points out of Jordan Matthews, and that's how I consider it a positive return on investment. And in DraftKings, I think it's times three. Maybe. Uh, yeah. With with the flex, potentially. I, I, I don't play DraftKings all that much. Uh, what The reason I look for that is you've got a $60,000 budget, right? Uh, you're going to spend pretty much every dollar you have. Uh, if you don't, you're leaving money on the table, and that's not the optimal way to play. Um, but basically looking for that two times the value because at 120 points in guaranteed prize pool leagues, you're pretty much in the money. Uh, and that, that's what I'm aiming to do. Um, so if I don't think a guy can score double his you know value, he's not even in consideration for being in my lineup. So looking at Matt Forte this week, at eight, I think he's at 8,900 on FanDuel. <clears throat> oh, boy. I think I just grew into a man there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, you and Forte both. Yeah, you know, I won't play him because I don't think he's going to get 17.8 fantasy points. Uh, that's just the way 
I I I construct my roster. Uh, basically, you know, that's my starting point. That's how I gauge a guy's, you know, attractiveness to me. Um, in that week, in that matchup, in that period of time. And that's why one of my first players is, you know, Jordan Matthews. Yeah, and just real quick, I know you play uh, FanDuel more. I, I do more of the DraftKings, and that's where you've got the $50,000 cap. And there you've got nine roster spots. And so really you're looking for, if you're going to be in the money, you're going to be looking for about 150 points. And that's kind of the, the three times rule. So I, I'm with you with the FanDuel. I do that one as well. You're looking for the two times DraftKings. Is, it's a little different. So just you guys make sure you know what you're doing. DraftKings is the one that does uh, full point PPR. I guess that's redundant, but PPR. And then uh, just defense special teams. They don't do kickers. But you're looking at about three times a return on DraftKings, two times on FanDuel. Uh, and one th- one other thing I wanted to comment that you said on, you know, I've got no problem leaving money on the table. Sometimes I see people, they've got a couple hundred bucks left. They rework it and reorder it and try to get it down to zero. I've got no problem leaving hundreds of dollars on the table. Hundreds, but I'm talking about thousands. Okay. D- don't yeah. leave any more than maybe, you know, a thousand bucks yeah. on the table. Spend it on right. a better kicker. Spend it on a better defense. Right. I'm I'm with you 100% there. So, so so after I'm, Jordan Matthews, I might go with the Sam Bradford stack. Uh, go for double points there, uh, and when they call touchdowns on the field, like they're actually scored over the pylon, they'll both get points, and I'll eventually make money. And if I'm not playing Sam Bradford, my other option is Car- Carson Palmer. As a Bears mm-hmm. fan, I know a couple things. One, they're not very good at football. And and two, Jay Cutler sucks balls. And three, John Fox won't tell you a goddamn thing, apparently. Uh, so th- those are my three things about the Bears that I will flag plant. And mostly number one is what matters. They suck balls. Especially, a self-aware Bears fan. Especially on defense. So after that kind of, you know, quarterback, receiver, stack, a little bit there. I'd go with Brandon Cooks. Love the matchup. Love the player. Love the talent. Love his speed. Love the fact that Tampa doesn't have a corner that can run. Love the fact that Tampa also sucks balls. And that's Lovey Smith bringing the ball sucking with him uh, from Chicago. So just those guys will be on pretty much all my lineups and I'll work other guys around them. Personally, I like to spend my money on receivers um, in, in FanDuel sort of lineups, in DraftKings lineups. Uh, I prefer to spend my money on receivers and then go for middle of the option running backs. Uh, of course, I'm always looking for a lot lower-priced quarterback and, and you know, play in those matchups on defense. What about you, Mo? What are you thinking for daily this week? Well, my tip would be just, you know, understanding the difference between the games that they offer. You know, you got your standard money games, head-to-head, double-ups. Here you're going to play a significantly smaller group of people. So chances are, if you're playing head-to-head, you got to be better than 50%. If you're doing the double-up, you got to be better than 44%. But you can play a more traditional lineup because you're not playing that many people, right? And, and you're looking to maximize your salary, get the highest-ranked players, play a traditional lineup in the money games. But when you go to GPP, 
the guaranteed prize pool games, now the crowd you're playing against increases exponentially, as does the payout, hence the attraction. But you really got to differentiate yourself there. You can't play just a standard lineup there. Um, with GPP, I'm willing to go a bit more contrarian. You know, I'm still going to pick a lot of the, the main guys, but then I want to have one or two difference makers. You know, let, let's just say, for example, uh, that first week, you were sticking to your lineups just probably like everybody else. Gronk, he was the number one fantasy tight end, right? Uh, in fact, uh, the vast majority of players likely went with Gronk. Tom Brady, he, they stacked him. He was number one quarterback. Again, not a huge surprise there. Uh, running backs, same thing. Maybe you could have very easily played Hyde and Forte, but a lot of people are doing that. Now, maybe you went with the Julio and the Hopkins, but to differentiate yourself, to play that contrarian, maybe you went with James Jones, and he ended up number four. That's going to differentiate you from the thousands of other people you're playing against in a GPP. So I just want people to understand that you got to kind of tweak your lineup based on the game you're playing. If you're grinding it out in head-to-head in the money games, then, then you play like normal. But I want to be a bit more contrarian if I'm going with that guaranteed prize pool games just to differentiate myself. That's my sort of Moe's hot tip of the week. Can I, can yes, I get sir. a hot take of the week, though? And Please. Apparently, Alshon Jeffrey just ended up as questionable. Uh, he suffered a little setback with his calf injury. Ooh. Uh, it just sort of happened here in the last couple of minutes, so that's a hot fantasy fire, you know, fire breather take of the week. Mm, I was just having a, a long... And I want some pizza or something, I don't know, I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> I was having a long text discussion with Doug about uh, how he may do this week. That's interesting. Keep your uh, eyes peeled on that one. There could be some points to be had in that game. Um, my quarterback, again, I, I play more DraftKings, but uh, my quarterback... Uh, Breeze, you know, he had eight red zone attempts last week. Everyone knows he's a domer. Uh, he goes against Tampa, which of course allowed Marietta four TD passes last week. And, uh, on DraftKings, he's 7,800. I'm playing more of a traditional quarterback. Uh, Danny Woodhead is my running back pick. DraftKings especially, where they give full point PPR. Dang, it's redundant again. Anyway, they're, they're PPR. Um, he was the 40th ranked running back this week. He's only going for $4,000. There's 39 guys that are more expensive than Danny Woodhead. Uh, last week, they gave up 14 receptions to Oakland receivers and two TDs to running backs coming out of the backfield, and that's right up Woodhead's alley. Plus, although I thought Gordon looked better in week one than he did in the preseason, in the red zone, he was a non-factor. It was all Woodhead all the time when they got in close. He had two targets and six rushing attempts inside the red zone. That was 100% of the team's rushing. It was Danny freaking Woodhead. So you know you're going to get the passes. He's your third down guy. And if you're telling me he's the goal line back and he is only 4,000 on DraftKings, which is full point PPR, I am all over that. Wide receiver, uh, I like me some Terrence Williams, man. Situation is ripe. He is 4,200 on DraftKings. Uh, I like him more in the GPP game. So if you're looking to differentiate yourself a little bit, uh, if you're going to go that contrarian. Oh, you know, his he- ownership rate's going to be over 40%. 
He's going to be so highly owned this week. Okay, so not <laughs> contrarian then. Yeah. All right. He is, he, so. he is one of the most talked about players in Daily Fantasy this week. So if you're looking to go contrarian, I would go somewhere different. Uh, okay. Maybe a, you know, for the same price, I think Steve Johnson's available, uh, who I like again this week. So just depending on, you know, what kind of games you're playing and mix and match a little bit. Right, and if you are doing the GPP, uh, I would still go with Terrence Williams, and then like Stegg says, maybe get your contrarian play somewhere else, someone that's not as popular as Williams is. Um, I, I didn't know Williams was going to be that hot. I you know, certainly should have, uh, considering the Dez news. But, you know, he faces the Eagles, Dallas. Um, Dallas wide receivers have the number one easiest strength of schedule this week. The Eagles just give it up like a girl on prom night. Last year, no other team gave up more fantasy points to the position. That trend is going to continue. It continued last week. Heck, they gave up the second most points to wide receivers last week. Uh, you know, obviously, without Dez there, it's going to be a big boost. Vegas, as I said earlier, has this as the highest game of the week, 55 points. And he's going up against Byron Maxwell, uh, most likely. He'll see a lot of Maxwell. Uh, PFF ranked 97 cornerbacks last week for their week one. Maxwell was ranked 93, and that's who Williams will be going up against for a majority of the time. Tight end, Ertz is my man there, 3,600 on DraftKings. Uh, he was on the field for a larger percentage of snaps than at any point last year, any game last year. By the same token, Brent Selleck was on the field for the least amount of snaps as opposed to any game last year. Trending in the right way. His usage, Chip Kelly, is using him more and more and Selleck less and less. He's going against Dallas. Uh, last season, only four teams allowed more goo to the tight end position. As I said before, I think that's a little bit game flow related. Hopefully Dallas and Philly, is they're going to both try to establish the run a little more. Uh, so I think the game flow could change up a little bit to where... Selleck's on the field a bit more than Ertz. Uh, he's the better blocker, and should DeMarco Murray get running, then you know Ertz might see less and less time on the field. But it's one of those sort of things where it's harder to predict game flow than you think. And even though both teams are trying to establish it, the other teams are both trying to take it away. So it's a, it's a struggle. And, you know, last year they were, the offensive line for Philly was banged up and knocked around. They were hurting. They needed Selleck more, I think, last year to help stay in with the blocking just because their, their line was so decimated. Now they're, they're certainly healthier than they were last year. I, I don't think they necessarily need Selleck as much, but, uh, I hear you with the game flow. Hard to predict, but I could see a, I can see a lot of running back action, but I, at the same time, Vegas likes him for 55 points. I think there's going to be some uh, wide receiver action to be had, some passes to be had, and I think Ertz fits in with the tight ends a bit there, too. Sags, uh, any last-minute words of wisdom for the folks? Any big plans for you this weekend? Oh, I've got a, I've got a stag party to go to Ooh. And, and an engagement party. So I'm right at the ripe old age of 27 when all my friends are uh, getting hitched, and I keep telling them it's a bad idea. Uh, why don't we just stay out at the bar a little longer? But 
Nobody seems to want to listen to me. So so I'm yeah. just over here swiping right on Tinder while they're all, uh, you know, I don't know. What what do married people do? Uh, You, you change a lot of diapers. Uh, You say yes, honey, often. Um. There's raking. There's lots of household chores that I never never knew how to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the one the one non-married thing I am doing. I'm going to the Notre Dame game this weekend, so I'll be uh, doing a little tailgating down in South Bend. So I'm looking forward to that. And then answering questions and watching the games come Sunday. Doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. Hopefully, you see what what's his name, Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, step it up and yeah, the holder to step in and be uh, the quarterback that you need after your big, big, big loss there. Yeah, and I bet you Golson's kicking himself for transferring to Florida State. Uh, he didn't want to battle it out with Malik Zaire. Transferred to Florida State didn't look too good, and heck, he could be starting right now. But now we've got the guy who was the holder last week, and now he is the as he said the face of one of the most recognizable teams in the NFL. Went from holder to quarterback like that. NCAA, of course. <laughs> yeah. So uh it'll be it'll be good. It's always fun to tailgate and uh take in a game uh and, uh, on a good fall afternoon. I'm looking forward to it. Well Stags man, it's been a pleasure. It's been too long and uh we're gonna do this right here, same time, same Pyro channel next week. Folks Thanks for checking us out. Remember to join all the fun on Facebook. That's forward slash Pyromaniac. And as always, check out the boys on the Pyro Heavy podcast coming out earlier in the week. And as usual, we're going to see you here for the Pyro Light to give you the last bit, minute, up-to-date news and notes. So you need every, you got everything you need going into the weekend. You guys take care, and we'll see you on the flip side.